Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where we discuss the technical and people side of safety. Safety should be your primary leadership tool for discovering more about your people and culture. Your host is Dr. Mark French, also known as the Safety Dude. Mark is a credentialed, experienced, and passionate professional with experience in automotive, food, chemical, nuclear, e-commerce, and energy sectors. He is going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people side of safety based on industrial and organizational psychological theories. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in people management and how they impact our everyday workplace. Welcome to this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Hi, I am your host, Mark, and I am so excited that you have joined me for this episode. This week, I'm going to take a look more at risk. How do we evaluate it? Human beings, we uh, all look at risk a different way. We have a tendency of actually underestimating how much risk can be involved in different activities and different ways that we do things. And so I want to take some time and talk about that because one, I had some interesting things happen over the past actually day. And I wanted to really talk about those because it made me think about how we look at risk. And for me, when I look at the risk, I see one thing, but I'm yet granted uh, being a safety professional, I probably do see risk very different. Just like someone in the financial industry would probably look at my bank account and go, whoa, there's some risk here. (laughs) So we all have our views of risk and what is risk and how do we attack and prevent risk from becoming reality with negativity. So let me tell you the story. I am, of course, I travel for my job and I am in an airport. And to get from one part of the airport to the other, there is an escalator down and an escalator back up as you take kind of an underground hallway. And it's a pretty long one. It's uh, quite a ways down back up again. And there's a guy I'm walking and he is uh, evidently going to miss a flight. And he is running, just boom, boom, boom. You can hear him, uh, his feet hitting the ground, like clapping as he is hauling it, trying to get to wherever he's wanting to go. And he passes me and he, you can see him evaluating like which escalator he could go up faster. Because I mean, if you walk up an escalator, it's going to get you there faster. But instead of walking up the escalator, he, uh, he goes for it and he starts up the escalator two steps at a time. So the escalator is going up. He is extending his legs and going for two at a time. And, uh, I'm like, Whoa, that's, that's hard to gauge. Like, cause of course escalators had little teeth that stick out. I mean, I see that and I'm thinking this is not, this is going to be odd if he makes it. Um, and sure enough, about three quarters of the way up, maybe even a little further, he hangs his toe and, Boom, he goes down. I don't know if he was hurt. 
uh, I don't know if if where he hit, but he landed kind of in a belly flop onto like multiple steps of the escalator. And of course, he, he gets back up. But as he fell, as he's trying to block his face from smacking against the stairs, he drops his phone that he's carrying and it tumbles down the escalator. Um, So he has to make the, uh, I guess we'll call it a walk of shame, back down the up escalator to grab his phone. And then he stands. I guess he was even done trying to walk up the escalator and he just rode it the rest of the way up and... Surprisingly, when he got to the top, he didn't take off running again. He decided that that wasn't worth it. That was terrible. And he just walks. One of the decisions is I've traveled around and I've missed planes. I have uh, been, I have walked with a purpose to different gates. Um, I have never run through an airport because I see the risk is too much, not only for me as having to run through an airport, not knowing like who's going to move out in front of you, uh, who is there that you could bump into or that would bump into you or the escalator or even somebody has spilled their drink in the floor and I slip on it. And so I choose not to run. If I miss my flight, I just miss a flight because I'm not guessing that one my speed at running is really going to make a difference between running and walking at a decent pace. Also, let's just let me pause. And this is an interesting story. I once met someone uh, who I consider a, a nice acquaintance. I really enjoyed working with him. He was a speed walker. Uh, had done it some time ago. And we were talking about the physiology of what is the difference? How do you judge a speed walking competition versus someone who is jogging. And it's really about how much is on the ground. Because as you walk, you're transferring weight between your feet. Generally speaking, a good walk, there'll always be some tiny part of the foot touching the ground. So as you transfer your weight, you're never floating uh, with nothing touching the ground. So, But when you're jogging or running or sprinting, there's times where there's nothing touching the ground. You're, you're, kicking and moving and there's those split seconds where there's air completely under the human body. So there's a difference physiologically, uh, motion wise that of what we're doing. And so this affected this gentleman who was trying to run up the escalator. I mean, he, once he got too much air and he thought he had air and he didn't, he actually had to step, he connected and he fell. And so I have been known to walk with a purpose, which means I'm still keeping feet on the ground. I'm still aware of where I'm going. I'm still probably not moving exceptionally fast because why? (laughs) But we take that risk and he was choosing to take that risk with what he was doing. And I found that really interesting that there were people who was looking at him like, wow, he's moving. And you see it a lot. I mean, you sit in an airport long enough, you will see people from the light jog to the heavy sprint, all with luggage, all with not really athletic clothing on in most cases. Uh, You're not really in your tennis shoes and like ready for that run on a treadmill. You're, it's not the best place to be making a decision based on that risk. And what drives that risk? Here's where I really want to get to is that there was something that 
he perceived the fact, the stressor, he had a stressor of, I must make my flight. I need to get, to, and maybe there was a really good reason. I'm not going to, I mean, sometimes you do evaluate that risk and you think I got to do it. Don't know what the reason was. Could have been major, could have been minor. The decision was made that the running up the escalator was the right choice based on the risk he perceived that he could, he could accept that risk and he could take off running and he would be okay to do that run. So I'm going to take that deeper. I've actually uh, did a little bit of research on it because it, it interested me when I hated that he fell. I hated it, but I also kind of in my safety mind's eye, saw that it could happen. And when it happened, it, where did it go? Where this stress told me it was okay to make that run. And this could be anything. What stressor got put on you to make you think that you could accept more risk or that you would be willing to tolerate more risk because of the stress that was on you? And this happens a lot in the workplace inadvertently or maybe not inadvertently. So I do want to explore that. I want to explore why we make those choices and also some of the workplace situations that we put our team in that can lead for them choosing to accept more risk when it's unnecessary. So let's talk about that when we come back in just a moment. This is the Leading and Learning Through Safety Podcast. It's time to rehumanize the workplace. Having the means and methods to engage and empower your team is more important than ever. Fortunately, TSD Amalgamated is here for you. They focus on better understanding your organization's culture through team building, safety auditing, personal assessments, leadership training, and compliance-based systems. Their staff has the training, knowledge, and experience to help you achieve safety, compliance, and beyond. Visit tsdamalgamated.com for more information. Welcome back to the second half of our Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. So glad you're still hanging in there with me as we talk about risk this week. And what is it that allows stressors on a person to accept additional risk? Now, I came across a really interesting, this was uh, an interesting article. It was It's a little bit old. It's from 2009. But it is from a journal called Psychoneuroendocrinology. Yeah, say that three times fast. Barely got through it the first time. But what they did is a quick study looking at cortisol levels and uh, endorphin levels in people as they had to go through a stressor along with having to make decisions or having to decide whether or not to make choices. And so ultimately the experiment found that when you put a little bit of of stress on someone, the endorphins kick in and one kind of dull the senses enough to where put in, here's the correlation. There's not causation here, but could that mean that because you get a little bit of stress, your cortisol kicks in, you start to, your body's combating the stress and kind of trying to mellow you out that you suddenly go, you know, that's going to be okay. Or it gives you that feeling that I need to go do something. It gives you the urgency. The fight or flight response starts to kind of develop chemically in the brain. And you decide that I have to make action now. So you go and do it. For example, I was talking about the gentleman who was running up the escalator two at a time for the perception of missing a flight of some varied importance. 
stressor, some sort of chemical change, decision made. I will accept the risk. I will run. I will take the escalator two steps at a time. Also, interestingly, this found that in certain, between men and women, this is different. The chemicals actually work differently. For men, it seemed that they would accept more risk with a mild amount of stress. Uh, With women, it would not affect their decision-making as much until there was significantly more stress. So in that middle range, they were different. In the higher range, it changed. So it was uh, stress and decision-making in humans. Very, uh, just came across that, read through it, and I see the correlation there of what I saw while going through an airport. Humanizing the workplace. It is the leading and learning through safety podcast and what was interesting is this it was an eventful trip actually from an airport standpoint uh, i was sitting in my seat on the airline and as you know the as they get the bins full someone will go through and try to start shutting them to show people that hey no more luggage goes in this overhead and i was sitting closer to the front so i was able to see them fill up kind of faster than than other places someone was one of the people helping was going through and uh, started to decide they would just shut one. Somehow didn't see that someone had their head kind of in the, the bin. Some of them will do the where you close it really slowly until you get about a quarter of inch away. Then give it the uh, kind of one big push to make it latch because you do have to give them things some force. Some are under the impression that you start high and you whip it down and it snaps This person was of the opinion of you grab it from the top and you give it everything you got until you close it, not the ease it down, then rock into it motion, if that makes any sense. And there was someone's head in the way. And when they grabbed a hold of it, wasn't thinking, wasn't watching, bang, hit someone on top of the head and it thudded. Luckily, they were okay. Embarrassing. Yeah. Risky. Yeah. Why? They, there was an urgency for some reason. We weren't really even running late, but there seemed to be the urgency of let's get this plane going. Let's get it out on time. Let's go for it. And I'm going to help. I'm going to start closing things and hit someone. So again, the decision was made that I am going to help because there needs to be help. I'm going to get involved and maybe not do the due diligence that's needed. So let's think about a workplace situation. One of my favorite ones, not so favorite, but one that really strikes true to me, and this has been through various, various industries. And if you're a maintenance person or if you're a safety person that's worked around maintenance people, kind of keeping our stuff running, when a vital piece of equipment goes down, it's amazing how many people come to stand around and watch. Like, as if knowing instantaneously that it's turned back on, even though like a text message or an email wouldn't suffice, we stand there and we watch. So a critical piece of, now, like I said, a lot of industries, same response. We have that pit, critical piece of equipment that is down. Maybe there's one, two, three, a crew of team members, maintenance team members working on that piece of equipment to get it back running. And suddenly everyone from management, leadership, supervision, all feel like they should be right there watching. You would think that would make a job safer. 
what I have found is it makes the maintenance person more nervous, more prone to make a mistake, potentially because of the stressors, more likely to make maybe hasty decisions in hopes that it will make it run, or even that stressor on the person to not necessarily, not that they're not going to lock it out, not that they're not going to do the big stuff, but would they move a little faster than normal because of that? Would they maybe grab a hold of a tool quicker, try to move their motion faster rather than making it that quality movement that's focused and doing, are they moving it a little bit faster and leading to that potential for like, man, I'm really tired after that, or I'm more sore or maybe something else happens because there's just people standing around watching me work and not really a lot of help as much as there's just people watching. So one of the items I've always tried to do is say, let's, let's move on. Let's let them do their job, either help in some way, or let's move on. And I will text you. We can email you. We, we can communicate in a different way. So we create that. We, we want to create that sense of urgency that we we're here to support you. But what that comes off as is we're all watching and you need to move faster. And that's not necessarily true. It's really, in a lot of cases, there's been a good spirit of, hey, we want to help. We just don't know how, so we're just here. But it creates that inadvertent need for speed. (laughs) So I've really enjoyed this week talking about risk and how we accept risk based on the stress that is coming from whatever we're in, whether it be, I think I'm going to miss my flight or that piece of equipment is down and now I'm standing here watching someone. We have to be aware that this is when the risk tolerance is going to change and we have to talk about it. That's why JSAs, taking time to talk through a job, a pre-job briefing, especially when the stakes are high, that's the time we've got to put a little bit more time in talking about what we do and how we do it. Again, thanks for joining me this week on the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. I hope it's been helpful in helping recognize where we can do a better job of taking care of risk. And until next time we chat, stay safe. listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the online conversation at www.markafrench.com. All opinions expressed on the podcast are solely attributed to the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.